The Medical Alley podcast is brought to you by MentorMate. Custom software needs vary significantly. Whether you're powering a medical device, overhauling your backend architecture, or reimagining your patient experience, MentorMate can help. Harnessing the technical excellence of Bulgaria, MentorMate provides end-to-end software services in all sectors of healthcare. With deep expertise in design, development, cloud, and software support, MentorMate helps healthcare clients administer world-class care through technology. Learn more at MentorMate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone out there in Medical Alley. Thank you again for joining us on the Medical Alley podcast. We've got a fantastic discussion ahead of us with one of the more innovative companies in the benefits in the insurance space based right here in Medical Alley. I'm pleased to be joined by my first repeat guest, Mark Choco, who's the co-founder and co-CEO of Gravy. Mark, it's so great to have you back. Maybe you could start for the audience who didn't hear the first time we talked together. Uh, what is Gravy? Thanks, Frank. Uh, really glad to be here for the second time. And i uh, love to uh, talk a little bit more about Gravy. Um, we are a health benefits company. Uh, been around since 2013, founded here in Minneapolis. And the genesis of Gravy is really around the belief that the healthcare industry is not currently serving the needs of the ultimate consumer of healthcare, which is every individual, as well as it should. And we thought that we could do something a little better in that, in that space. Um, and the way that we went around it is, is in two ways. One is making it easier for employers to adopt benefits that are more impactful to their employees and also by creating the actual benefit, health benefits that make it easier to use, less confusing, and actually allow folks to take care of their health. And um, with the understanding that ultimately these are employer-sponsored benefits and they have to be affordable both to uh, employees and employers. Uh, And part of that uh, affordability is driven through the underlying framework uh, that our products are built on, which is called defined contribution. And what uh, defined contribution in a nutshell is, is allows employers to assign somewhat of a fixed budget to their health benefits, where they don't have to worry about any additional liability that comes from um, the, the usage of health benefits by their employees and can have the peace of mind that from the financial perspective, they know and they have control over um, the benefits they provide, provide to their employees. For employees, the, uh, the benefits that we've created, uh, and especially through our, our uh, main product called Comfort, um, is the type of plan that actually gives them uh, the ability to take care and proactively take care of their health. And we do that by removing the financial obstacles that exist in a lot of the plans that are that are currently um, common in the market, which impose cost sharing on throughout the whole host of, of services. And what we have discovered, and, and it wasn't even just us, we actually have received a lot of feedback as part of the product development process from prospects and employers who say, one of the key things that I'm seeing um, is that our employees don't use healthcare because there is that cost sharing that's involved in seeing their primary care physician. It's you know uh, getting labs, uh, getting things checked out before they turn into uh, into something that's 
but that becomes more complicated. And from what we have seen um, so far, that that promise is proving itself true with more value being brought to um, to more employees. And just as a, you know, this may be not something that a lot of people think about, we do, of course, is the fact that in, in a typical plan, about 90% of the spending of that budget that I talked about earlier, employer budget, uh, it's really spent on the top 10% employees who are the sort of top top 10% users of healthcare, um, which is great because those top 10% folks obviously are in, in a difficult situation health-wise and they need help. But what is um, happening also is that 90% of employees really don't get to see a whole lot of benefit out of the health benefits because most of them never hit the deductible, right? So every time they have, they have an encounter with the healthcare system, there's, there's an out-of-pocket cost. And that creates a lot of um, dissatisfaction, first of all, and it also creates a lot of disincentives for folks to engage with the with the healthcare system. I'd say it's fascinating because it, there's tons of research that shows if people get early care, particularly primary care, they avoid a lot of health issues and health costs downstream. But what I'm hearing you saying is that the the copays, the coinsurance, that upfront cost. Um, acts as a barrier to it. And so people end up delaying care, which in the end costs the patient and the employer more. That's absolutely right. And, and you know, um, the, the evidence is, is, is very clear from what we've seen. It's one of the sort of uh, anecdotal example I'll give you, one of our early customers that we've uh, brought in on Comfort. Within this, the first year of being on Gravy Comfort, their utilization of emergency room visits, because we have data from the prior year when they were on a different coverage um, with, with specific categories uh, that, that showed us how frequently people used emergency room. And compared to what happened under Gravy, that utilization went down by 80%. And so you can see that, um, and, and by the way, the utilization of primary care visits, urgent care, all of those things that are covered um, with no cost sharing, no financial uh, uh, responsibility to the patient went up as predicted. But as a result, the overall cost went down because you probably know that emergency room is probably one of the most expensive places oh, yeah. of care you can imagine, you know, barring ICU. Um, so the what, what, what we think was happening is that because of the financial barriers to early and preventive and proactive care, people were delaying until they could delay no further. And they ended up in emergency rooms because at that point, that was the only option they had. So this is just one example on how, how Comfort is promoting this um, uh, focus on primary and proactive care, um, while at the same time doing that at a cost that is not prohibitive. Yeah. And, and in some ways, this sounds like a kind of a, a reversal in a good way of some of the benefits doctrine or healthcare doctrine of the last 10 or 20 years of where we need to put more of the first dollar responsibility on the consumer and they'll make better decisions about it. But it, it sounds like that's played out as delaying necessary care, leading to more costly benefits. And you're finding that by flipping that around, the consumer is actually making the right and better decisions, improving care, lowering costs. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, you know, the high deductible uh, plan era 
was um, an example of, of, a, of an idea that I think was, uh, was, a, was a great idea at the time, but the implementation in the real world just prevented it to, to bear right. the results that it was meant to do. So, you know, essentially we told people here, you're a driver's seat now, here's the, you know, you dealing with your own money, make good decisions. But the healthcare system did not adjust to allow for actual consumer behavior. Um, you right. know, so so we, we had people shop with their own dollars in a market that has no pricing, price transparency. You know, you're shopping for products and services. You have no idea how much they cost. Um, you're shopping through, you know, in a market where um, the, the availability of information to these make informed choices is very limited. And, and ultimately, mm-hmm. it's also a world in which the asymmetry of information is fairly steep. You know, as an example, when you look at what people do, in the majority of cases, people will follow what their primary care physician tells them to do or whatever whoever whatever doctor they're working with they, they tell them to do this is this is not a um it, this is not a, a market where where people sort of on their own as a shopper do it they trust their doctor as they should because they are at the point in time where they are vulnerable and they're going through a difficult situation this is not the best time for you know comparison shopping so what we've done here is like you said we've we've sort of flipped it on its head which we said you know, you as a consumer are really focused now on just taking care of your of your health with what you know about yourself, your family, and with the advice of your doctor. And we'll take care of whatever the financial underlying uh, impacts of that care are. So you focus on the health, we'll focus on making it, you know, uh, easy, accessible, and affordable to you. So between comfort between the direct contribution i mean gravy's taking a very different approach i'm i'm curious about you where did you come into this and what's your background in this to be able to then work in something that is truly so complex and you know for those of us who have to purchase care often baffles us yeah, so we, you know, I personally and, and with my uh, co-founder, Abir Sen, uh, you know, we've been at it for a while and he has been in this space even longer than I have. He's, he was part of the, the team that, that founded Definity Health, which, um, you know, was, was back in the 90s and the era of sort of emergence of high deductible health plans. But since then, we've both um, uh, were at, uh, at companies um, that were always on track to sort of make a difference, um, you know, between Red Brick Health, which really focused on, on tying wellness to behaviors and uh, the cost of healthcare, to our, uh, the company that we co-founded uh, prior to Gravy, uh, Bloom Health, which was really um, uh, one of the early um, uh, adopters and, and, and creators of the uh, defined contribution platform. We've always had this vision that, that things that um, that, that currently happen in, in majority of uh, health plans don't tie and don't benefit the actual, uh, the, so they don't tie the benefits to the actual consumer of healthcare. The, the value chain in healthcare is, 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 is kind of a upside down where the actual person who's using the service is kind of left at the end. And it's all focused around, you know, the insurance companies, the brokers, the employers, and the employees an afterthought. And, uh, and our idea was if we build a company that's always squarely focused on the needs of the member, now balancing out all the others in the chain because they're important. But I think that's the, 
the force that's needed. And that's, um, I think, our contribution, um, however small, to, to making healthcare better. Indeed, yeah, getting those incentives aligned, the actors aligned to get to the ultimate goal, which is better health for the person. And that, that's why we do all of this. It's fascinating. You've had that background in kind of the, the different phases of health benefits and healthcare over the years. So that it, it sounds like the motivation then to start Gravy was one more step in that chain. I'm curious, you said you started in 2013. Can you tell us a little bit of like, what were the early years like in trying to get something like this off the ground that maybe was a, a fair bit different from what the customers, whether the individual member or the employer were used to? Yeah, no, and, 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 you know, for anybody who's um, uh, an entrepreneur and, and in a startup, it's, it's uh, a much more of a wild ride than you would see in a, in a more corporate environment. And we have had a share of highs and lows at, at, at Gravy um, over the years. And starting in 2013, um, our focus um, was really on bringing the defined contribution model to employers, especially employers in a uh, sort of mid to small uh, segment of the market. Um, because uh, one of the things that we have noticed, especially working in a, in a, a Bloom, um, our previous company, was that for a large extent, the large employers have enough um, resources and ability to um, to impact the way that their employees receive healthcare. When you look at you know large companies, even here in our market, you know Target, Cargill and others, because of their size and the uh, uh, and the, just the resources they have, they they don't face as acute as as difficult a problem as a smaller to mid-sized company does because they don't have the size to impact the way that they get access to healthcare. Their employees get access to healthcare, and at the same time, they are constantly squeezed by the sort of this inevitable rise in the cost of healthcare. So they are the ones that are the most. Uh, open and really uh, facing a much bigger problem, which which makes them better um, ground for trying out a new solution. Ah, so, so what 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 we have started with is defined contribution in a in its purest sense, which is you define the amount of money you give to your employees, and we uh, bolted that on top of a newly emerging market for individual. Well, I shouldn't say new. The individual health insurance always existed, but with the inception of ACA, it really changed, and the right. benefits were more, much more accessible. There was no uh, ability to deny folks. There's no ability to charge people more for pre-existing conditions and so forth, where we thought that an employer who, who is um, now have the ability to control the cost because they set it through defined contribution and with the availability of good coverage in the individual market could be a solution that that solves a lot of those problems. And this was the these were the early days of gravy. And then, um, you know, as, as you and many of on this podcast probably know, the individual market has gone through some pretty wild swings. And Indeed. knowing that we are we were dependent on that product set uh, brought the idea of us actually developing our own health insurance product, which is Comfort. So that was the the, the main evolution that happened, you know, th about three years ago, where we thought that relying on the on the what the market brings in terms of uh, at least solely relying on that, um, you know, would be a problem for many of our of our customers, and that's why we built Comfort. Oh, very interesting. And so, am I understanding it then that if I were a, a customer? I could get my insurance plan from you with comfort, 
or I could just use the defined contribution, the, the benefits management side of it and go out and find other plans if I wanted. That's exactly right. And that's what that's what we do when we start working with with companies that are interested in gravy. And, you know, there's a lot of things that goes into this assessment, but ultimately at the end of the of this process, where we arrive is, you know, are you a good candidate for comfort? And, you know, not every company is, or are you interested more in uh, in having this marketplace of products that we call the gravy marketplace, where we, as you said, we work as, as somebody who manages sort of the quarterback who manages this whole process, but the employee ends up being covered by a plan um, of one of the existing individual market carriers. And that assessment takes into account geography, size, you know, specific characteristics of the of the employer population. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty involved process. But, uh, but either way, the employer ends up working with with gravy, whether it's on a marketplace or through comfort. Oh, very interesting. I, I'm curious, you know, talking about the marketplace, pandemic right last two and a half years now it's changed a lot of things we know it's changed healthcare in many ways how has it been on the employer benefits side like how is how has that changed what your customers are doing the way you're going to market like what's been the impact for your part of healthcare yeah so you know when 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 the pandemic hit we obviously there was a lot of uncertainty and what uh, and both on in terms of what will happen to our customer base um, and also how, as an organization, we are going to be able to adjust to this new world. And, um, you know, in both aspects, we fared very well. Um, you know, on the on the organizational side, we transitioned to this remote working world without essentially missing a beat. And there's kudos to the to to the team who's tested this and and built it even prior to the pandemic, just from the that sort of disaster recovery purposes. And we were able to activate the systems and the processes we already had, you know, essentially to seamlessly transition to this new working uh, working world. What we also saw is that employers with our assistance, and we were very proactive working with our customers to, to make sure that we helped them through this difficult process of transitioning their workforces into new working world, um, where we saw very little attrition in terms of the business. So, so the, 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 the impact of the pandemic, at least in the immediate business sense, was fairly muted. Um, but the longer term impacts are, uh, are fairly pronounced. And one of them is that um, the pandemic has brought healthcare more to the forefront of both employees and employers' minds. So, you know, as you can imagine, uh, within each employee population, there is a subset of, you know, very often young um, invincibles, quote unquote, <laughs> we call them, who think that they'll never get sick. And a lot of those folks uh, uh, in, in the past would perhaps even opt out of having any benefits because they didn't see value to it. And that's changing now because regardless of, you know, uh, how young you are and your, your health history, there's the real possibility that you might get sick, right? So okay. the folks are much more paying much more attention to their health benefits and, and wanting things that are comprehensive in coverage just so that they don't have to worry about that um, possibility. What has also happened uh, over the course of the pandemic is the the strain that's been put on the labor force, where many employers are struggling to to retain and attract um, workers, which um, they're coming to realize, or at least at least they are appreciating the um, the value of 
strong and comprehensive health benefits as an attraction tool and a retention tool. So uh, even though those are not new concepts, I think the pandemic has really increased the profile and uh, uh, the importance of health benefits for employees and employers alike. Yeah, we, we've definitely seen that when, when we have conversations with our members and we ask them about their challenges, but also we don't talk to the employees more broadly. That is 100% what is coming up. There is more awareness, more interest in it. It seems like more comparison as well, like more information is out there. And so it's, and this is probably ultimately a good thing, it's harder to hide if you're below market in some ways. Yeah, that, that's that's absolutely right. And, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, innovation that's starting to happen in the space. Obviously, we're trying to do our part, but there's other companies in this market and others that are also trying to sort of break break the status quo and do something better. So I I think that the incumbents, you know, the big the big insurance companies who have been for a while are are starting to see a lot more competition and um, and also the employers are starting to see a lot more choice uh, where they don't feel like their only ability is to pick between um, you know an established players, but but have now more credible choices that bring just a different type right. of well, you know, what about that on the innovation side? What, what what's next for Gravy? What are you guys looking at, or what are you thinking about? And what do you think are the the next big things that we still need to figure out in healthcare to really get that, as you put it, that full value chain aligned and in the right way? For us, uh, as you can imagine, we feel like we've we've hit on the on the on the really uh, important. Uh, facet of healthcare, which is primary care. And we're going to continue making that uh, easier and better, even beyond what we have brought today. I think we we have made huge inroads in terms of removing financial barriers, but there's other barriers, uh, you know, whether they are administrative or just how people interact with the actual healthcare delivery system that I think we can have a, have a part in, in making that simpler. Um, but also moving upstream into uh, things that are outside of the primary uh, care spectrum, and those could be inpatient, outpatient. Um, those are still encounters that um, not only are, are are very nerve-wracking to the patient because of the just the medical situation they are in, but also of this embedded uncertainty about confusing bills, uh, who are the providers, what it's going to cost, how do I know that I'm doing the right thing. And I think that's those are the two areas where we are going to provide more and more support and, and bring sort of the, the, the gravy, uh, gravy way to, to the way that, that, that people shop for healthcare, not only for primary, but, but for others. Um, I think more broadly for the, for the industry, the focus on primary care is emerging and it's, it's definitely on the rise. I think everybody all around is, is, not, is, is seeing that that as a, and a very important factor in being able to deliver good quality uh, employee benefits. I think what is also um, happening in parallel is the focus on consumer focused convenience and simplicity. So as, uh, as we see um, consumers of healthcare, as consumers of any other products and services, using those innovative uh, very often online solutions. Right. They want things that are simple. They want things that are predictable. The, the, the whole aspect of 
you know, membership-like subscription services. You know, every, almost everything online is uh, based on a subscription these days. And people are increasingly demanding that from healthcare, which is, I want to know how much I'm going to pay you per month for what I'm getting. And this is, and then everything else should be baked into this product I'm paying you every month, uh, where, you know, the status quo in healthcare is very different. You pay us a lot of money every month. And oh, by the way, every time you go to the doctor, we want to ask you for some more money, right? That is sort of not, it's it's not equivalent to what what people are getting used to. So more consumer uh, experience improvements and focus on primary care. I think that the most, these two most immediate trends that I see beyond gravy. Yeah, the, the complexity piece is so well said. I mean, all of us who are in this industry, we're also consumers of it, and we experience that complexity. I think it's also a great message, though, for all the innovators out there, and a good place to wrap it up, that there is so much value and impact still to be unlocked, not just in making the next most technologically advanced solution to a health condition, but also removing complexity and making things simpler so that that end user, that that patient, that individual can get the value that they're seeking. And so well said, and I want to say thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing what Gravy's working on. I mean, you guys are doing this very differently from any of the other organizations we interact with. And it's, it's inspiring to know that the innovation's happening right here in our backyard. We so appreciate you taking some time today to chat with us. Well, thank you, Frank. I really enjoyed the conversation and, and enjoyed talking about uh, what we have. And hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll um, continue uh, innovating, continue bringing some new solutions to the market. And who knows, maybe I'll be a, a third repeat offender on your show one of these days. I was just going to say, we'll have to make you the first three-time guest on the show uh, pretty darn soon. So yeah, thank you. And folks, thank you for listening in. That's another episode of the Medical Alley podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, check out medicalalleypodcast.org, where you can find us on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Have a great day.